The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Hello. Oh, I am so excited. Welcome to a very special episode of The Office Deep Dive. I am your host, Brian Baumgartner. Listen, even though we put out our usual Tuesday episode yesterday with Mr. Ben Silverman, I am coming at you today with this bonus episode because 16 years ago today, on Thursday, March the 24th, 2005, at 9.30 p.m. local time, the American office premiered on NBC. That's right. The office turns 16 today. Happy Sweet 16, everybody. Wow. This is exciting. Now, I checked. Weirdly, this is not recognized as a national holiday. (laughs) Weird. But... In honor of the special occasion, I am throwing you, our fans, a Sweet 16 party. This episode is for you, the wonderful fans who love the show and have been showing so much love 
for this podcast, I'm going to answer some of the fantastic questions that you sent in and tell even more behind-the-scenes stories that we didn't get to on the podcast, and I'm going to respond to some of your comments about the podcast itself. I seriously love hearing from you guys. So I am uh, very excited to respond to some of your burning questions. But first, because this is our special fan episode, I am going to have a chat with one, well, lucky fan. This guy is an office super fan. I met him, wow, 13 years ago. Then he started like stalking me on social media. And then one day I show up to set and this guy's on set, like talking to all of the other actors. And then he ended up making an appearance in one episode of the show, the series finale, no less. And he also happens to be the NFL's 2020 MVP and for 16 years, the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. That's right. Please give a warm welcome to my friend, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron, how's it going? That's a nice intro there, buddy. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I mean, if you're looking for someone eventually for the Hall of Fame, I might be available if you're interested. You got the perfect face for radio, my friend, like I've already, always told you. <laughs> Uh, Aaron, when did 13 you... years though? I can't believe it's been 13 years. I remember when we met, I was so juiced cause I was a huge fan of the show, but, um, wow. That is, it's, yeah, it's crazy. 13 years. And, and my favorite part about that story is I didn't know who you were. <laughs> I don't know who you were either. I thought you were somebody's caddy or something. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, um, when, when did you start watching? The office. Did you watch it from the beginning? I didn't watch from the beginning. Um, I was a little bit, uh, well, I'll tell you, I was way into the British office. I, I, I'm a fan of, uh, of Ricky Gervais for a long time. I watched those se two seasons. I thought, I thought they were absolutely brilliant. And uh, my friend Joey, longtime friend, had got me into it. And we had started watching at his house. I mean, you know, right when it came out. And I remember when, when I heard the, uh, there's going to be an adaptation in the States. I was like, man, what, how can they do this show in the States? You know? And I right. remember, so I didn't really get into it the first season. And then I started watching it. I think I'm guessing there was like a DVD that came out or you know, this was after VHS. So this is probably a DVD that came out. Right. I remember watching it and going, Oh, they did the jello episode, like in the British office and stuff. And just as the season went on, I was like, this is really funny. Like, and this is, this is going to be really good. Cause you guys started to go in your own direction and, uh, from that point forward, I was hooked, and I've seen it so many times through. And I watched it, I think, uh, two and a half times through uh, during COVID. So You watched it two and a half times. That's amazing. I knew we had talked, and I knew that you were re-watching it again, because periodically you will, like, send me a screenshot of me doing something really <laughs> stupid. Uh, and I knew that you you were watching it. Why Why do you keep coming back to it? I mean— I guess specifically, like, what is it that you love about it? Oh, I mean, it's, it's hard to just pick one thing. I just think there's so many things about the show that are so beautiful and, and, and that should be timeless. But I think the interesting part about the show is that it would get canceled by 
in this culture we live in, I think before it even got going. And uh, for reasons that I think are so beautiful about the show is that it's, it's people who aren't necessarily PC and, and don't always say the right things. And, right. And I think that's the beauty in any great TV show is it's characters who are relatable, who you can go, oh man, I love this about uh, Jim. You know, he's in awkward situations and all he can do is just look around and look at the camera or, you know, uh, Pam with, uh, you know, a relationship that's, you know, in and out and you just want somebody to commit to you or, or Michael, you know, you just want him, he just wants to be liked so badly. That's all he cares about is like people, you know, respecting him and liking him. And, right. and you just, we, we start associating those characters with people that we know in our own lives. So we're, we're not only loving the characters, but we're loving it because every time we see Kevin, we're reminded of someone. Every time we see Ryan, the temp, we're reminded of someone from our lives that makes us laugh or makes us mad or makes us anything, any type of emotion that bring that, that kind of brings even deeper in the show. And, and I think just the meanings, the deeper meaning of the show and the way it's crafted, I think is is beautiful. The way it's written, the character arcs for so many um, of the people you, you start to just really love on the show, yourself included. I love your character arc throughout the show, how kind of as the show goes on, you're, you're, the way you talk kind of gets kind of gets smarter. And I remember the first time I met you, I was like, oh, you don't talk like that, <laughs> like you do on the show. But I love I love your character. I love Reigns as Dwight. Um, I love the fact that Creed's story and, and how he got his part and Phyllis's story, how she got her part on the show and, and Robert California coming in as bizarre as you could possibly imagine Spader and just killing it and actually kind of bringing you back in after you didn't know what was going to happen when Steve left the show and, and then just how it ends, you know, and to be a part of strangely a part of the penultimate in the, in the, in the final episode um, where there's just a couple just amazing lines. I've, I've mentioned them before. And, you know, when Andy speaks to camera there in the last episode, it's just so beautifully written and, and spoken by him talking about, you, know, you wish somebody would tell you you're in the good old days before you left them. I think that's, it's, it's that, and that's what the show does. It's such a nostalgic part of so much of our lives where we can just remember where we were when we saw certain episodes or what phase of life we were in when the show was going crazy. And that's why we're all thankful for it. And that's why we binge the hell out of it on Netflix. Yeah. You know, it's funny, Ed, not too long ago, he, uh, I think it was on Twitter. He sent out that quote and he had a picture of me and John and Rain and himself all in our tuxes after the Golden Globes one year. And I, I remember back to that, mo like he was doing it on purpose, obviously, but just him for me personally, going back to that night and going back to so many nights like that with those guys. Um, yeah, it's, that one still gets me. That, that one still gets me. And, and because you brought it up, I was going to bring it up later. But, you know, one of the questions that I asked everybody was about the very last line of the show, which is, I'll paraphrase, but uh, Pam talking about why they chose Dunder Mifflin as a subject for this documentary and then realizing that it was a good subject because there's beauty in ordinary things. And isn't that kind mm. of the point? But through all of the shenanigans, all of the, you know, crazy, you know, like I, I've said many times, we felt like we were just being idiots, you know, for a decade. But there was an underlying feeling there that people, like you just said, seem to respond to that it celebrates that, that ordinariness um, or, or seemingly ordinariness in people. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree with you anymore. I mean, there's a lot of misty moments in the last episode and just that last montage of uh, of Jim and Pam talking to camera, you know, especially when Jim's talking about Dunder Mifflin and this amazing, crazy, yeah. you know, bizarre place that he lived and worked at and the people that he grew up with and, and Creed's, you know, playing the guitar there, you know, after they, uh, you know, Angela and, and Dwight come up after, you know, the wedding. It's just, it's some of the just sweetest, most beautiful moments in a, in a show's ending, I think, because you're bringing that nostalgia in and just a great montage and, um, and you kind of, you wrap things up. Now I'm, I love watching movies and shows and, and sometimes I think, you know, for certain shows or, or movies, you don't need an ending. You don't need to wrap things up. It's almost better with the mystery. But I think with, with the ride that, that The Office took us on for so many years, like it was fun to, to see all these different stories wrapped up and, and to have uh, Steve come back the way that he did and the time that he did. Yeah. The, that's what she said. Joke was so perfectly done. And, and uh, to see Nellie come back and to see Ryan and Kelly end up together and yeah. um, and Dwight in the dream job that he wants to and you and your character with your bar and you guys patching things up and and Jim you know getting a grand gesture from Pam to to go do his dream job i just there's so many beautiful moments but in the end it comes down to that set which i was lucky enough to go on thankfully when i when you when you showed me around but just to end it there for all of us you know there was just a really special moment i think and i'm sure it was for you guys too you know, it's it's funny coming up in a in an episode not too long from now. I sit down with Creed, and he I I saw him the night before. We actually played in a benefit concert the night before, and I said, "Hey, tomorrow you're coming in. We're gonna chat. Bring in your guitar." And he played that song for me, just sitting. And right now, I'm 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 having feeling just him sitting there playing that song with him. It it will never not do something to me. For sure. Um, the series finale you mentioned, you were not scripted in the show. As you know, I, you know I've never revealed who was scripted. I, I may have told you. It was, a, it was a famous... I remember. It was a famous tennis player. Let's just go with that. Yeah. It was a famous tennis player, and we finished the, the table read, and I went to Greg Daniels, and I said, hey, you know, I, I don't know if... You, you know, if somebody knows him, if he's going to come in or whatever, I was like, but you know, I, I just want you to know Aaron Rodgers, big fan of the show. And he's like, oh, do you think Aaron would do it? I said, I think he would. And, uh, and then, yeah, you came on. Um, I remember us hanging out. Obviously we weren't in it together, but a little bit, you know, offset. How was that experience for you coming on the show as, as being a big fan of the show? And you'd gotten to know a lot of us at that point, but yeah, and and that's the fun thing. I got to to be around set a couple times and and be out, you know, with you guys a few times and met a number of people. I met Angela and Oscar and who else did I meet? Craig, uh, BJ Novak. Your um, doppelganger. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, look at and a side by side picture online. <laughs> yeah, 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 dead on. And I'd met uh, I met Steve on a plane randomly one time, and I met Rain on set. So it was fun to be out there, uh, and we got to be with uh, Ed Helms on that shoot. So I was pumped. I mean, I remember the drive down. I was so excited to 
to just like be on the set and the, and to see what was going on. I didn't know what I was, you know, the, really the role I was I was walking into. Um, and then I meet uh, my two other guest stars. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, Santa Gold, who I didn't know uh, who she was uh, before, but she was really really sweet and just a, a uh, really sweet special person. We had a fun fun day. And then Clay Aiken was the, was the, and I had known Clay because I'd been a fan of American Idol. Yeah, um, so I. To this day, when people, you know, who that's the beauty in the show. There's so many people who just have watched it now, and they're like, "Hey, I just saw you on the, you're on the Office." I'm like, "Yeah, that was like eight years ago, <laughs> yeah. you know." Like, but I, I love that, and that's the timeless nature of the show. But it was so fun being on set and just watching Ed work, you know, through his uh, his bit, and you know, I just have so much respect for him, and and I love what he brought to the show, and it's just his quirky nard dog. That only only he could do, um, but it was so fun to be on the set. My favorite memory from the show was, you know, my lines, and I've gotten some guff for it over the years, but it wasn't like I had the greatest lines, you know. And <laughs> and the one line, you know, the lines that they end up using in the montage of the uh, kind of the viral song that comes out, you're just not good or whatever. Like I I, I didn't mind those lines, but flag on the play was not my favorite <laughs> line. I just felt like. I'm like, I get this. It's a football reference, you know. But I would never say that. And Brian, you know me. I'm like, uh, uh, like, it was just so cheesy. So so if we did 12 takes, you know, if we did 12 takes, you know, four of the times I said flag on the, t- the play. The other eight, I just kind of ad-libbed. Right. I was like, can I just say something that I think I would use? And so the first, like, I think three takes, I said flag on the play. And then I just ad-libbed after that. And the sweet, sweet uh, script lady would come by and go, uh, Mr. Rogers, um, your line is flag on the play. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she, you know, that was like, that was like after like the third time I hadn't said it. Uh, so we're in like take eight now. And I'm like, I'm still going to go with something different. <laughs> and I, you know, she was so sweet. She never lost her patience. But I could tell by about take 11, she was like, uh, hey, your your line still is flag on the place. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, I forgot. You know, <laughs> and I said flag on the play. I think on the twelfth take, and I'm like, yeah, they're gonna use that. Oh, one. that's the one. That's but, the one. But it was so it was so fun being on there, and then to see myself, you know, when they, you know, when they cut to the viral video of uh, Baby Wawa, yeah. you know, in the last episode. <laughs> um, man, it was so fun, and I, I do really appreciate. Be you setting that up for me and and uh, give me the opportunity because although I never got seen in in another one of my all time favorite shows, I've been in the penultimate episode of now two of my all time favorite shows. The other one being the uh, Game of Thrones, which are still people don't realize I might have been in there. Where with The Office, they can actually see my face, oh. my slightly bloated, uh, <laughs> still in my phase of eating the copious amounts of dairy products all the time. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I did. I had a blast that day on set. Do you feel like that your life has changed since being on the office? I mean, do people recognize you in public? Yeah, I'd say that was probably the biggest, uh, biggest thing. I will say, though, that, you know, there's been some things over the years that I think have helped my brand as much as anything. I always give State Farm credit for this bizarre discount double check that when I read the script right. the first time, I'm like, this is not funny. This like they got to change this. And sure enough, I mean. For years, it was, and you've been with me on the golf yeah. course at Tahoe. That was in Pebble Beach. That was like the only thing people would yell at me. Discount double and, check, and I would, and I would just laugh how that kind of changed my, you know, my public persona. But 
you and I have talked about the numbers of people that have watched this show on Netflix four times as many watched on Netflix as any other show. It's unbelievable. Um, now it's obviously over at the Peacock, but uh, but I, I will say that I'm sure there were some people wondering who the hell that was, and then other people going, oh, isn't that that guy who's the, the insurance guy? Is He was on the office? Wow, okay. Uh, so yeah, it might have helped my brand a little bit. but uh, Oh, that's funny. That- I, I appreciate it, buddy. It's fun. You did a great job with the, you know, with the first podcast. And that's the thing I think is beautiful is that so many people uh, have either loved this show since uh, season one or have gotten into it more recently. But it has stood the test of time because it's just so relatable and has such a good message all the while. It just keeps you laughing the whole time because you just, you know, some of the stuff that Michael pulls and the pranks that Jim pulls on Dwight all the time and, and your character arc and Oscars and Angela's and everybody kind of gets, that's cool. Everybody kind of gets their opportunity to shine in different episodes in different ways, um, which is, which is really cool to see as well. Yeah. One of the things we've, we've talked about is, you know, why the show is still so big. I mean, why, quite frankly, is it bigger now than it ever was when it was on? And, um, I, I think you've touched on a lot of those things, sort of the universality, the, you know, how, how much people relate to the show and I, I think there's something else which I've sort of come to in these conversations with so many people is that so many shows after a decade or or longer since we, you know, and it's been 16 years since the pilot aired, um, hmm. is that they they feel dated or they feel not quite right. And I think that the discovery that I've had is that a documentary can never be dated. It is about these people at this time. And it's so defining the time that it, you know, the clothes or the technology that maybe isn't exactly the same, that doesn't matter because it's about that. And you're following that journey on that time. And so you never do that like, oh, that's an old joke or, oh, that's, you know, look at that flip phone or whatever. It's like, you don't, if there's a documentary about the seventies, you don't go, this looks, this is dated. It's like, well, yeah, it's about the seventies. Dink. Um, anyway, I, <laughs> I yeah, I, that's, a, that's a really fascinating point that I'm just thinking about as you're saying that it, it makes a lot of sense. Cause you watch old episodes of, uh, Seinfeld or friends or saved by the bell or some of the shows we grew up on. You're like, man, like they didn't have phones and they didn't, uh, the way they communicated and some of the jokes and stuff, it, you look at it differently for sure. Then when you look at this faux documentary style, which by the way, is just so brilliantly genius of, Ricky and Steven, you know, to, to start off like, and you pick a paper company too. It's like, wait, what, what do we, you know, that's why. So, and you pick a place, you know, Scranton PA. It's like, it's just this beautiful combination of like the workplace, the fact that it's shot as a documentary, it's in Scranton PA and you have the non PC characters in a time where the era is changing. And yeah, just all, it's just all so beautifully done. Um, and I think it will continue to stand the test of time because there's a love affair of nostalgia of a time like that where things were maybe a little less precious than they are now. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about this. I, as usual, so perceptive and and so deep about, um, well, life and the show. Um, but before we leave, I, I feel like it's only fair that I ask you this question that You've told me without me asking many times, who's your favorite character on The Office? 
You're definitely in my top five, I think. Uh. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's. Ex- I thought it was going to be a quick answer for you. I mean, for those, we play a lot of golf together and oftentimes it's in public. You, you <laughs> always say that it's Creed. That's what you all, you always say that it's Creed, but maybe you're just needling me. I'm just needling you because, you know, you may have been higher on the call sheet than him and you actor types, you know, are also worried about who's ranked number one and number 20 on the call sheet. Oh, actor types um, are worried about that? <laughs> oh, just actor types? Not athletes? And this is what you do, too. You try and turn it right back on me. We had a classic, I'll just share this, we had a classic, you know, we're waiting on the on this hole in South Carolina playing the BMW event. And there's a, it's a, it's a part five, but it's a short part five. You can get home in two. And so we're a couple of groups stacked up and we're talking to the crowd as the group is walking down the fairway and asking them who their favorite characters are. And, and Brian gets a little sensitive, you know, about situations. So he starts, you know, talking about who his all time favorite quarterbacks are for the Packers and mentioning Favre and Bart Starr and Don Mikowski and Lynn Dickey and all these different people. Uh, Brian's always, he's always trying to get some jabs in. Yeah. Look, I, I, I've always been a fan of, uh, of Jim's character. I love, I mean, I, I feel like he's a relatable character for sure. He's very athletic. I know you try and try and feel like you're the, uh, you know, you made some sort of 15 shots in a row at some point in the basketball episode, but Jim's definitely the most athletic on the show. Check the tape. Check the Um, tape. Check the tape. (laughs) Check the tape. Oh, man. I I miss... I miss uh, miss miss seeing you, buddy. I miss uh, miss our back and forth for sure, and I appreciate you having me on here. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Aaron. Thank you, Brian. There you have it, folks. Mr. Aaron Rodgers, thanks so much for stopping by, my friend. I appreciate it. It's almost here. The Knicks anniversary sale starts this Thursday, May 9th at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of Knicks' biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. So mark your calendar this Thursday, May 9th for the NYX anniversary sale. Get 30% off all leak-proof underwear, shapewear, activewear, and more. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Don't miss this. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. All right. There is plenty more coming up. Uh, maybe even another special guest. Who knows? But first, let's get to the Q&A section. Mailbag. Mailbag. Yes, I am told hundreds, if not millions of you, uh, reached out on social media with questions about The Office. I'm going to try to answer as many as I can here, but if yours doesn't get answered or if you have even more questions, don't worry. We will definitely be doing more episodes like this. So let's keep the lines of communication open, people. Subscribe and comment on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or any other social media because me or my team we will be watching. So, listen, I apologize in advance if I mispronounce anyone's name today. But our first question, mailbag, we have someone I'm told who might be able to challenge Aaron's title as the number one fan. Gregory Hunter McDowell says, Hi, Brian. In 2020 alone, I watched The Office 22 times. Wow. It was my go-to show from tragedies to triumphs. My favorite thing about your character was your side glance to the camera. My question would be, what was your favorite game or website on your work computer you went to to portray working? Great question. Uh, now, when The Office came on, we didn't have internet access the first year. And then they were like, well, let's make this more realistic, right? We're all about realism. So our computers started working. And... <laughs> Well, MySpace was the social media du jour um, at, at the time. And so a number of us got on MySpace. We thought, well, if we're in an office, what are office workers around the land right now doing? They're on MySpace. So I got on MySpace as my character, Kevin Malone, and <clears throat> I, I had a blog. And I never veered from actor to character. In other words, it was Kevin Malone who was sitting in an office called Dunder Mifflin, was not aware that he was being filmed or on television, who was just writing about his experience. I need to go back and read some of those blogs and see if they're just terrible or if it's kind of fun. Uh, but the most fun thing I did was people started on MySpace asking me for signed pictures. Will you send me a signed picture? And I thought, well, I can't do that because I'm just Kevin Malone, an accountant who doesn't know he's on television. So I said, well, I don't know why you want a picture of me, but if you send me a signed picture of you, 
then I will send you back a signed picture of me. And I got thousands of signed pictures from people <laughs> to Kevin. Uh, and and it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I then I sent them a headshot back. I kind of destroyed the game at the end. I was like, okay, well, this is what you want. So I'm going to, I'm going to send that. But I had a lot of fun doing that. So I would say I did a lot of MySpace sing. I don't think that's a word. And, um, and I paid bills because I thought I would get on an online, you know, bill pay thing. And I would like pay bills. Cause I was like, oh, well, these documents look like financial documents and I'm an accountant, right? So it's very realistic that I'm shuffling around my bills and paying them on set at work. So there you go. That was what I would do on my computer. Uh, Daniel Gutierrez says, hi, dad. (laughs) Who chose this comment? Well, hi, Daniel. I didn't know you existed, but it's good to know that you do. Um, I hope you're doing well in life and reach out when you're, when you're 35. Uh, oh, we have a one star review from Gold Whore. Gold Whore. I don't know how else I could pronounce that on the Apple Podcasts app uh, with the following comment. One star review. Not what I thought. Thought it was work related. <laughs> now, wait a second. You listened to the podcast and thought this was about a deep dive into working at an office. Gold Whore my friend, did you, did you read the description? Cause I'm pretty sure in the description, it, it should be clear that this would not be about working in an actual office, but I'm sorry you were, you were dissatisfied. Uh, KTO 001. Oh, a five-star review on Apple podcast. Love this podcast. I love it, but just play the whole podcast. Why do you need to break it up? Trying to remember past episodes will be kind of annoying. I listened to Rogan for three plus hours. Thanks. Well, KTO001, thank you for the question. We've we've gotten this question quite a bit. Why are we breaking up and releasing uh, part one, part two for some of the people we interviewed? Well, the reason why is we've structured this podcast as a deep dive into the office. So we have subjects or sections, themes. Uh, For example, we've started with the origin section which is the beginning of the show, bringing the show from Ricky and Steven from the UK to the US, uh, casting, the pilot, how difficult it was for the show to stay on the air its first couple of seasons. And so some of the interviews that were particularly long, we wanted you to hear from those people when we did our deep dive into that subject. So as we move on to other subjects, like the camera as the character, When we talk about Steve Carell leaving, some of the parts of those interviews fit better in those sections. So we're not trying to torture you by only releasing a part of the interview. You will hear part twos very, very soon, but that's the reason that we have structured it this way. We're trying to tell a story, a narrative through all of these interviews. So you really get a deep dive into the office. Andrew Montavon asks, did the office, like the physical set, become a home for you guys? I have seen so many bloopers and so many things of you guys just enjoying yourselves and each other. It must have been hours. Anyway, big fan of the show, the podcast, and anything The Office. Um, Thank you very much, 
Andrew. And yes, I mean, what a lot of people don't know, which we haven't discussed so much in the podcast, is for that one half hour of television, you know, on NBC with commercials, it was really 22 minutes that you see on TV. We generally would be at the office 60 to 70 hours a week. I mean, those that was the amount of time that it took to get those 22 minutes for an episode. And we would shoot one episode in a week. So yes, it, it looked like a home because it was for a while. And that's one of the things that made it unique about other shows. Because of the way the show was shot, we were all there so much. Usually it's like the star of the show might be there 60 to 70 hours in a week and everyone else kind of comes in and does their scenes and then they, they leave. We, we were all there, but I think that's one of the things that gave us um, the truly special bond that we have. Uh, Ahmed Skywalker uh, writes, hi, tomorrow is my birthday. Can you say happy birthday to me? <laughs> Ahmed, happy birthday. Uh, this next post, I am told, got a number of likes. Uh, who used to laugh the most during the scenes, and was it hard to control the laughter? Samuel, big fan from Brazil. Mindy Kaling. That, 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 uh, Mindy Kaling. And I, I think she would own up to that. Um, but I will answer this in another way. The person who is known as the one who laughed the least, Oscar Nunez. He has the greatest deadpan, and it is really hard, very, very difficult to break him. That's for sure. Maybe in the scene, The Gay Witch Hunt, Steve finally got him, and occasionally he would laugh. But but Oscar Nunez was... Um, he laughed the least, and I it, I had a difficult time myself, I'll, I'll be honest. Cassidy writes, I drive all day for work as a medical courier, and I've really enjoyed listening to your podcast while working. It helps the day go by faster and makes sitting in traffic a little less boring. Well, Cassidy, thank you, one, for the work that you're doing right now, which is so important uh, and crucial. And, you know, by the way, if there's one good thing, that has come out of this, this hot circle of garbage they call a, a global pandemic. It is the appreciation that all of us now have, or certainly should have, for the people who are working on the front lines, um, nurses, doctors, medical couriers, those who are doing important things that keep us safe. So thank you, Cassidy, and I'm glad that I can make sitting in traffic a little less boring. Uh, a lot of questions here I am told about, well, of course, my chili or specifically Kevin's famous chili. Uh, a lot of likes on the next question. Jesus Mendez says, how many batches of chili were made when Kevin brought in the chili and dropped it? And how many times did you have to shoot that cold open? Well, I'm tremendously proud of this, Jesus. So I will answer it. Um. I assume they had three batches of chili because I remember very specifically the set dressing, um, uh, props, people coming to me, like not wanting to tell the bosses or the producers or whatever. They were like coming to me kind of back channeling and saying like, okay, the, the, the biggest issue was the carpet. 
Right. So they had gigantic pieces of carpet that they had laid out over the floor. And they came to me and they were like, Brian, we have three pieces of carpet. And I mean, by giant pieces of carpet, I mean, from the front door all the way past the reception desk over to like the, we called it the Jim and Dwight pod of desks there. Um, and they were like, we have three pieces of carpet. So we, I mean, we can't do any more than that. I got it in one. I'm a, I'm a one taker. I don't think that makes sense, but I, here's the thing. There were three pieces of carpet, but there was only one of me. And so they had thought about cleaning the carpet. I don't know that anyone really understood what was going to happen to me when I was done. I mean, my hands were kind of stained, right? Like they weren't, they weren't, it was not a natural color. And that day I might've showered with five people. I mean, there might've been five people in there. I mean, from wardrobe and makeup and hair people. I mean, I was uh, like strip it. I'm not to get too graphic here, but like taking off clothes, it, I was such a mess. And if we had not gotten it in that one take, I don't know. I don't know what we would have done if we would have had to just come back the next day. But thankfully, um, thankfully we got it. And well, that moment, I, I mean, truly, I cannot believe what has happened to that moment. I never imagined in my wildest dreams that I would be talking about chili um, all of these many years later. Uh, Jason Swimer, I'm sorry, again, I apologize if I'm, if I'm mispronouncing the names. My name is Jason and I'm a podcaster too. It would be awesome if you could shout me out. Well, there you go. If I said your name right, oh, Schweimer, Schweimer, that's it. Actually, he did, he did give his own pronunciation. Uh, Jason Schweimer, um, good luck to you, my friend. Grant Bain says, thank you for this podcast. What are your thoughts on the theory? Oh, here we go. That Kevin is a secret genius who is running an embezzlement operation at the company. And he uses that money to buy the bar in the finale episode. It's one of my favorite theories. Okay. So I used to get asked this all the time when I did Q and A's and I finally went down the dark, dark rabbit hole, which is, is Reddit. Um, which is fun, but you don't want to get caught down there. And I started reading these feeds and people, how they, from small moments, how they had concocted this idea that Kevin is a secret genius was so amazing to me. I can only tell you that was not, that was not in our thoughts. I'm sorry to say that. And it certainly was not in mine playing it. Now, maybe Greg Daniels would answer differently, but I, (laughs) I think I think the idea is amazing. And, and in, in point of fact, speaking of deleted scenes, the idea of in part behind Kevin's bar, I will share this. Here's a, here's a new thing for you. Here's a new, what, what do we call them? I don't know. Never before heard moments. So the idea from Greg in the series finale was that Kevin became a fan favorite. Once the, the fictional documentary started airing. Kevin was a fan favorite and everywhere he went, people would buy him drinks and there was a bar that he would go to and people would buy him drinks. This it's something like this. And part of it was based on my own experience, by the way, like in life. So he had gotten a gigantic credit tab because he couldn't consume all the drinks he was offered at this bar, which was partly how he obtained the bar. I think it was something like that, but that was part of the idea was 
that Kevin became a huge fan favorite once the fictional documentary aired. Um, Emily Lemke, Emily from Kansas, I sometimes think about where the characters would be today. Where do you think Kevin would be? Still at Dunder Mifflin? Married? Well, let me tell you, Emily, what I hope is that Kevin is still sitting at that bar and he is really, really happy. That's what I imagine him, where he is and what he's doing today. And I hope, I hope beyond hope that that is where he is. It's almost here. The Nix anniversary sale starts this Thursday, May 9th at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of Nix's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. So mark your calendar this Thursday, May 9th for the NYX anniversary sale. Get 30% off all leak-proof underwear, shapewear, activewear, and more. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Don't miss this. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play. Angelo writes, not to get too negative, hmm, but I'm genuinely curious. What was truly the most stressful or emotionally tasking time or moments for all of you as a cast? Angelo from Buffalo, New York. 
Oh, I don't know that that's negative. Listen, I, I'm going to answer this in two ways. I don't know how you intended it, but the first couple of years, as we have discussed and will continue to discuss in this podcast, when the show was truly almost canceled, there's, we're not exaggerating this. Like we truly thought we were out of a job a number of times over the first two years, including after we filmed the pilot. So before anything was on TV, that was very stressful, um, and very emotionally difficult for us in terms of onset activities, <laughs> difficult. I'm sure everyone would have a different answer. Mine is the fire. Not the fake fire drill, but the fire, when Ryan started the fire, we were shooting that. It was supposed to be fall in Scranton, and we had on coats. And in that parking lot in in Van Nuys, California, it was about 110 degrees. And that one was, that one was not fun. Uh, Ryan Spady says, why use big word when small word do trick? Ryan, do you mean... Why waste time say lot word when few word do trick? I think that's what you mean. Benny Spiewak. Oh, writer and producer Benny Spiewak from an oral history of the office writes, Greg Daniels said he always looked to you for a button. What's your favorite one? Yes. So I was tremendously proud that Greg brought this up in my interview with him that oftentimes at the end of a scene, um, nothing funny would be happening. Like there would be a, an important reason that we would need to have a scene in for the story of an episode. But, you know, in comedy, you, you often want to end a scene on a button. And so Matt Sohn and Randall Einhorn, the camera people would, would at times look to me and I would try to give them a button. What was my favorite one? I'm not exactly sure. I think it would relate to the episode with Kevin saying, what does a bean mean? There was something very funny about that. And I think it was scripted once. What does a bean mean? Because Kevin got no beans and other people had beans. And this was very concerning to him. Uh, and I think I ended up saying that and, and ended the scene with that button. What does a bean mean? I'm going with that right now. Ella Hendrickson uh, writes, this is Ella here. Hi, Ella. Who would you describe as the unsung heroes of The Office? Wow, that is a great question. Um, Phil Shea, who was our prop master, he was an unsung hero of The Office for sure. The amount of props that were written into the show and that just existed on the set of The Office that were needed in particular episodes, sometimes very obscure objects that were difficult to find, he is a a true unsung hero of the show. Um, now they've both gone on to great success. I've mentioned them before, but Matt Sohn and Randall Einhorn, the guys who were holding the cameras. I mean, that is tremendously difficult work and they were generally just held on the shoulders. Um, and sometimes for long periods of time where we would shoot and go back and improv and, uh, I, I physically demanding work, but, but not just that, the degree of care that they showed for how the show was shot and really viewed themselves as a character trying to find the right story as a documentarian would. 
Um, those things are difficult to write. They're difficult to direct, but those guys just got it. So even though they have great success now, uh, someone appreciates them. I, I would consider them unsung heroes of the office for sure. Julian Gotianko writes, I'm sure I messed that up. Hi, Brian. Huge fan. This is Julian. My favorite episode is the Niagara Falls episode. My question is, who in the writer's room came up with the idea for Kevin to wear Kleenex tissue boxes as shoes after his shoes were incinerated? Uh, another fan, Rebecca Morrow, asked, were they hard to walk in? Were they custom fit to your feet? It's one of my favorite scenes of all time. Well, I I will tell you, I if I'm at a, a fan event or a college or something, I am always amused with people who come up and are wearing tissue box shoes because I know that it's really not comfortable. It's, they're really, they're, they're not comfortable. And I will tell you actually, uh, when we, uh, for John Krasinski's show during the pandemic, some good news, we did a wedding and he came to all of us and asked us to appear. And I was like, well, I have to have tissue box shoes on, right? I'm attending these people's weddings. Let's, let's do it. I couldn't find any big enough. So I don't actually know. I have intended to go back and ask Phil Shea props. Like, where did you find these? Maybe they were like Costco, Sam's Club, supersized Kleenex boxes. I don't know. But I couldn't find any um, <laughs> that that fit me. Yeah. They're, and again, not comfortable. Uh, Wolfcom, oh, a five-star review on Apple Reviews, writes, I'm going down yelling timber. And I want to swim in this amazing ear hole candy until I'm old and wrinkly. <laughs> wow. Maybe my, my favorite comment or review of all time, ear, anything that mentions ear hole candy and I'm going down yelling timber. Well, that works for me. Breezy Benna on Apple Podcasts, uh, five-star review again. Thank you. Great job. I love both podcasts. The Office Ladies, and this one as well. They did such a wonderful job giving us multiple points of views and even deeper dives into such a great show. Now I have two podcasts to look forward to. Uh, Breezy Benna, I couldn't agree more. Uh, and let me just say, if you haven't checked out the Office Ladies podcast, very they, they don't sound like me. I know, it's very weird. Uh, they have done a fantastic job going episode by episode, uh, examining and telling behind the scenes stories. Uh, it's a, a rewatch show and it's fantastic. And so, um, my good friends, Jenna Fisher and Angela Kenzie gracious, even though they're talking all the time on their podcast, they graciously agreed to come and spend hours with me, um, talking about the office in a different way than even they do on their podcast. So yes, um, please check that out and thank you so much for listening here. Um, Wyatt Stevens asks prior to your casting of Kevin, where were you in your professional career as it pertains to film and TV? If the office never happened, do you believe other projects could have kept you in the game? And lastly, if I can, what's the best advice you could give to one in entertainment? Wow. Great questions, Wyatt. Um, first of all, I was a theater actor. Uh, I had graduated from college 
and was traveling around as a regional theater actor, uh, doing very, very, uh, small theaters and doing some large ones as well. And I was traveling city to city, getting work where I could. And I decided to move to Los Angeles. I felt like it was time. I'd had a, a couple of experiences that, that made me want to pursue it. And I was fortunate enough, um, just a couple of months after coming to Los Angeles, I met Allison Jones and Greg Daniels and was cast on the office. So for me, I, I was very new in film and television. I had done a few guest star parts. I had done a couple of commercials. Um, but when I was first seen on the office, I had not done much film and television at all. And I feel tremendously lucky one, obviously to have met them and to have found the right show for me at the right time. Um, my advice for anyone wanting to be in entertainment is consume material, watch material, practice your craft. You know, I will say it was very lucky that I met Allison Jones and Greg at the same time. I will say I knew the British version of the office and I knew the style worked well for me. I knew they were looking for unknown people. So I actually pursued this job. And if I hadn't been watching other television or studying what was being released, what the styles were that were being released that appealed to me and my specific sensibilities and strengths, I would not have pushed as hard for this show. So it, it was timing. It was great timing. I was in Los Angeles, but also I, I watched things, even things that I didn't like or appreciate. I watched them because I felt like I needed to know what was out there in order to, to work in the business. So thank you. Um, Kathy Chevrier, we, 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 uh, or Chevrier potato, potato. Uh, do any cast members hope to do a sort of reunion show in the future? Has anyone pitched any ideas? Um, we have discussed it quite a lot. Uh, I believe it is certainly possible. There are some ideas that have been circulated amongst email and text chains, but I am not at liberty to discuss that. I will answer any questions about anything that's happened in the past. As for the future, I will only say, Oh, I, I think some people would love to do that. And I've heard rumblings of some ideas of it. So there you go. Sorry. I know that's definitely not as satisfying, but, um, but yes, it is discussed on occasion. Dr. Pickens writes, who in the cast would be the best at hide and seek? Hmm. Quick answer would be Angela because she's the smallest. Uh, Dwight is the craftiest. Kevin would be terrible. And yeah, I'm going to go with Angela because what? As Michael says at one point, she could hide behind a grain of rice. So there are probably way more options for her to hide than anyone else. So let's go with Angela. She's the best at hide and seek. All right. Thank you all for all of those questions. Those were amazing. Uh, and now I'm told, I'm told we have another very special guest joining us now, a man of mystery and intrigue. Oh, Mr. Terry Carnation. Uh, hello, 
Terry, you're a, you're a big fan of The Office. I am The Office's number one fan. Oh. Thank you for having me on your show, Kevin. Oh, it's Brian. It's Brian. But I, that's fine. I it's easily confused. <laughs> sure it is. <laughs> sure uh, it is. I have seen all fourteen episodes uh, at least twenty-seven times. Um, Terry, I th- I think there's like two hundred and four episodes of the show. Yes, it's magnificent. Uh, I love the show. I love I love offices. I love office buildings. You know. I feel like offices and people who work in them are disrespected and the, it's the backbone of the American economy. And so I love all the drama. Yeah. But I do have some questions about the show for you. Great. Uh, I would, I would, yes, that's what we're doing today. And uh, thank you for having me on behalf of all the, all the big fans of the office, uh, out there. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, of all of the characters in the accounting department, who would you say uh, is most likely possessed by Beelzebub? Um, well, I'm definitely not Angela. Uh, that's that's for mm. sh- for sure. I no, I, I no. I mean, I, I mean, I haven't seen I haven't seen the show, but she seems fiery, feisty in a way that that could suit the Dark Lord's purposes. You you haven't seen the show. I've seen the show so many times um, that it, it feels like I've never seen the show before, but I'm, I am the biggest possible fan. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I, um, I don't know. We'll say Kevin. We'll, we'll say Kevin was possessed by Beelzebub. That's you. Y- yes. I mean, Interesting. He would Interesting. be the most. Yeah. Mm. Which of the salesmen do you think is most likely to have been abducted by aliens? I, um, probably Dwight. It would probably be Dwight. Have Dwight you, Schrute. Dwight, Dwight Schrute. Do you know Dwight? Yes. You, you know the character Dwight yes, Schrute? Yes, I'm a, yes. Ridiculous looking, bombastic gentleman. Yes. Interesting, interesting. Hmm. And, oh, and which of the, uh, which of the cast members of The Office, uh, might have seen Bigfoot or any cryptid? Uh, Loch Ness monster, Terry. I I don't I don't think I don't I, I I don't know where these questions are coming from. They seem they seem totally not on the point of what we're doing today. I'm so sorry. I appreciate you being a fan, and at the same time feel as though you've never seen the show. Okay, I'm going to come clean. I've never seen your stupid show. Okay, yes. But I am Terry Carnation. I am the philosopher of the paranormal, and I have a podcast uh, that is launches on April first. Um, where all fine podcasts are found. If if anyone out there has concerns about oh. demons, alien abductions, lizard people, okay. Bigfoot, and other cryptids, right? Um, please tune in okay. to Dark Air with Terry Carnation as I guide you on a journey through the unimaginable, through the unexplained, through the mysterious. Fantastic! Thank you, Ter- Dark Leave Air. Behind your pathetic right. attempts okay, thank at, you. at workplace comedy mm-hmm. okay. and join me on a fascinating journey okay. into the subconscious. Thank you, Terry. Dark Air with Terry Carnation, uh, available, well, wherever you get your podcasts, if that's your thing. Thank you so much for joining us 
uh, i.e. wasting our time here today. Thank, thank you, you for having me. Yep, thank your, you. Your, your show is stupid. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God, that guy sounds like Rain Wilson. Did you guys hear? That guy sounds like Rain Wilson. That's unbelievable. People are unbelievable. Anyway, um, folks, that was it. I'm sorry it ended so weirdly. That's what... That's what he said. Uh, at conclude, that's it. The end. Our sweet 16 celebration. Thank you so much to all of you except Terry. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for participating in this week's episode. We're going to do it again sometime. So keep the questions and the comments a rolling, as they say. In the meantime, we're going to be back Tuesday, next Tuesday, at our regularly scheduled time. The word regularly is a difficult word to say. Another interview, this time, Kevin Riley. Now, guys, this is the person who was there from the very beginning and is the reason that The Office was on television. Uh, I cannot wait to share that with you. Until then, have a wonderful week, everyone. The Office Deep Dive is hosted and executive produced by me, Brian Baumgartner, alongside our executive producer, Ling Lee. Our producers for this very special episode were Emily Carr, Diego Tapia, Liz Hayes, Tessa Kramer, and Ryan Zachary. My main man in the booth is Alec Moore. Our theme song, Bubble and Squeak, performed by my great friend Creed Bratton. And the episode was mixed by Seth Olansky. Hello? Well. Who's this? Oh, no. You see? Oh, look. It's Andy Dalton. Hi, Andy. Oh, listen, you guys, uh, I, I'm sorry, uh, Aaron. Uh, apparently, there. I'm told there's another super fan who is, is on the line. Uh, Terry Carnation? Is that is that you? I'm still here. I haven't left. Oh, thanks. You, you double booked me, huh? To I I apologize. I I didn't double. I, this I this was unexpected. Uh, Terry Carnation, are you are you there? I am. Yes, I am. Thank you for having me. I'm the biggest fan of of you, Kevin and and uh, Brian, Mister Rogers. Um, I love uh, I love sports, especially hockey, and uh, it's great to to meet you both. Is this, a, is this a call-in show, Brian? This is a call-in podcast now. Well, no, it's not a call-in. I, we're we're sh- we're we're having we're sharing. Boy, this is with no. Let's bail on this. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen nicotine pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find yours in online or in a store near you at zen.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment with a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.